0: In the 14th chapter
1: of John. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live, you will also live. On that day you will know that I am in my father, and you and me and I in you. <clears throat> they who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me, and those who love me will be loved by my father, and I will love them and reveal them to them. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you,
0: Lord. you may be seated. Grace and peace to you, my friends in Christ. Where is God calling us to go now? This was the question posed to us by Reverend Justin Grimm at the Synod Assembly. It's a question he might explore with us when he comes here to worship with us and to preach on June 4th. It's a question then that Jesus anticipated while he gathered for the last time with his disciples before being put to death. Now, the disciples didn't necessarily ask that question, but to his credit, Jesus does give them an answer to it. Even though he knew he would be gone, he promised that the Father in heaven would give them another advocate. Not an advocate, but another advocate. Jesus is the advocate now, yet the spirit of truth would be coming. You know, in the reading that Morgan just shared with us, Jesus says a lot about commandments. Kind of an odd word to talk about, but he's talking about all these commandments, and it's part of his farewell speech. His his version of the Minnesota Goodbye, this farewell discourse, it lasts for five chapters. It's, it's pretty impressive. Uh, had the Last Supper and then the last... I mean, all sorts of fun stuff was, was getting passed along to these disciples in that farewell discourse. I mean, it was really important teaching that they received that night. And a lot of it centers around this word commandments. And usually when I hear the word commandment, I feel like that's kind of this order. But is that what Jesus really is talking about? You know, is it some sort of a test that we have to pass? Is it something we can study for? even possible to pass this test that Jesus is speaking of. Maybe it's a commandment that we overthink. Because as Jesus is washing the disciples' feet, he says, a new commandment that I give you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You should love each other. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. That's it. The kids got it, right? That's the most important command. It's the most important thing we do is to love. And when we love, when we truly care for each other, when we are looking out for each other, when we're selfless and compassionate, It's in those moments, then, that the spirit of truth becomes clear to us. We have those awakenings, those moments of gratitude, that realization of the blessings that God has given to us. In those moments of love, we see where God is leading us. You know, when I first arrived at faith, and this is before you all got to know me, when I was first here on my very first Uh, day where I was interviewing and learning about this congregation, I was greeted by Rodney Platon, and he met me over at the Christian Education Wing, and he just was beaming, had a huge, I mean, you know Rodney, he's got this smile on his face, right? Rodney greets me, and he was so excited to tell me about Faith Lutheran. And so on this journey, like we weren't supposed to get a whole tour of the whole church, but we did. And so he takes me and we, we walk alongside and I noticed on that wall on just the other side of the sanctuary, there's, a, there's the row of all of the clergy from this congregation through all of the years. And one thing that really stuck out to me on that very first impression that I had of this church was the tenure, the long time that a lot of the pastors had served here before. And it gave me this... Clue that this this was the kind of place where the the Spirit was alive and well, and that there was this great camaraderie and this relationship with the clergy and this congregation, that, that we took care of each other. It made me really excited to hear more about what this church was up to, and to see that this was a church that truly did care about our neighbors. It was a church that wanted to go out into the world and be an advocate for those who didn't have a voice. It told me that this was the kind of church that could really be someplace that I could have a voice, but I didn't have to be the dominant one, that we could all collaboratively work together. I was so excited about what I was able to learn, and that first impression made a huge difference. It was a place that was willing to listen and discern what is God up to now. And that was seven years ago. I think about Faith Lutheran as a place being full of rich history and tradition, but also self-aware enough to realize that we can't get stuck in that language of we used to, right? It's, It's important that we know that God is always moving and that we are moving with God. We strive to abide by the word of Christ and we apply it to our context today. And that isn't always easy. So two years ago, Faith Lutheran and the council took a step into that what now? We joined a group of other churches from our synod, and our council president at the, the council president at the time, Jennifer Tolzman, carried that leadership torch for the learning that we would embrace collaboratively with other churches. It was important for us to hear what we value, Faith Lutheran, and by walking alongside others, walking in love with our neighbors, we could now discern what the spirit of truth was up to in this time and in this place. So, Jennifer, you are great. Gratefully, going to share with what this journey has been like these last couple of years of walking alongside in a group called Liberating Structures. Lynn, uh, Jennifer, thank you for for sharing.
1: Thank you. Good morning, Faith. And um, and Happy Mother's Day. And I'm going to tell you that um, when Pastor John first suggested, he doesn't know I was going to say this, um, that we would do this on Mother's Day. I was thinking, really. Really, do you think people want to hear about this on Mother's Day? But I'm going to tell you that between last week's message and between everything that's gone on this morning and all the Synod activities and thinking about how our lives come together, I think it probably was a very wise decision on his part (laughs) for that to happen. So um, I'm going to give you some updates on the work that um, has been happened over, it was really 18 months, but uh, it was uh, a fairly intense time between in-person, online, and then work here at Faith of things that went on. Um, There's a lot of work that went on. I'm not going to go into all the tiny detail for you today. I'm going to try to give you a big picture about what we did. And also, I want you to think about Deacon Nina's message from last Sunday, which was what do we look at? What do we focus on? Because that is what liberating structures really has provided for us. So um, what is it? Well, it was that this 18 month journey that we began in June of 2021. And it was a cohort of five churches, which you can see listed there on the screen in front of you, all very different. And that's the one thing about liberating structures is that it it doesn't matter how big you are, how little you are, where you're located, urban, rural, whatever they are there to help us discern what we need to do in order to respond appropriately to God's call. Um, The purpose of liberating structures is listed there before you, and the the questions they asked us were, do you have a clear vision, a a strong mission? Um, Is what you're doing working? And what supports your call to mission when you're doing that? And if needed what is the congregation's capacity for change and what impact might that change bring forth. I want to emphasize to you that we didn't go into this thinking, oh gosh, there's just a whole bunch of things that we have to change. We went in to discern what we were doing, whether it was good, and how we might change that going forward. Also, um, our journey was grounded in scripture, and particularly the scripture of Um, that we don't pour new wine into old wineskins because that's going to ruin the wine and the wineskin will burst. Also, for those of you who are seamstresses here, you know that you don't just sew a patch on an older piece of clothing without first pre-treating that patch so that it doesn't pull loose later on. Those were, were points that were emphasized to us all along. And how do we figure out what's working what's happening and make our our work thoughtful, specific and targeted. Now you might wonder what we mean by structures. Well, structures are the documents and the practices that we have in place to carry out our mission and vision and how we identify what we value, how we provide outreach, how we communicate the work here within faith and then also outside to our community. So on that day in June of 2021, with the full support of the council, Pastor John and Deacon Nina and Lori Husfeld and Larry TG and myself entered into this partnership with the Synod to explore where we were going. And um, our final session was just a few weeks ago, um, the middle of April there. And so what I wanna do is give you a little bit of that history of where we are and where we're going to go. So before you, you see the mission and the vision that you hear regularly, you see it presented, and what you might not know or realize that in, let's put some context around this, that this vision and mission was written um, shortly after we entered into a strategic planning right after Pastor John arrived. He came in, uh, well, this uh, strategic planning began in 2017 And then through a course of, oh, again, about two years, there was some discernment that went on, and we came up with this. One of the items that they encouraged us to work on with liberating structures was, is your mission and vision? Well, first of all, do you have one? Because not everybody did in our cohort. And is the one that you have working, or do you need to do something different with it? And we're going to talk a little bit more about that as we go on here. Um, So, where did we start and what did we do? Well, the first big thing that came out of our work with Liberating Structures was that prayer and devotion are key to everything that we do. Now, I will tell you that I do believe faith has always been a praying congregation, and we have utilized devotion in many of our gatherings, and when we start things out, But the Liberating Structures team emphasized that we shouldn't be doing anything without beginning with prayer and devotion and concentrating on um, what is it that God wants us to do. This made a huge impact on us, um, especially at council. We now spend uh, regularly about the first 30 minutes of our council meeting in prayer and in devotion and discussion around that prayer. And um, I can tell you that from the moment we started doing that, there's just been um, a sense of real relationship. And that's what we want for everyone who's involved with everything else along the way here, too. Um, The next thing that they talked to us about was, uh, you'll notice in the bold print there, the CVA and analyzing the, the data. The CVA is called the Congregational Vitality assessment and two years ago Anybody was invited who wanted to to take this online survey? I will tell you it's a little wordy and um, some people start it and Don't finish it just to be honest and uh, but it gives us Where our vitality is growing in 12 different areas. So we did it two years ago we looked at that data and um, what we found out was that we were very strong in the areas of worship and um, outreach. Those two areas. We, we had a high priority of that. All of the other areas, there were 12 areas that are measured, were in uh, moderate vitality. So that was good, but that doesn't mean that there's still not room to grow. Um, but what we knew was we were starting with a pretty strong base of the things that we were working with. Um, And then the last thing that they helped us with to get data to decide how are we doing um, was utilizing one-on-one conversations. Justin Grimm came and did some training for council members, staff members, some other volunteers who then agreed to sit down one-on-one with individuals in the congregation and find out, number one, what do you what do you think about faith? What do you love about faith? What brings you here? Are there things that you want us to know that you're afraid to talk about? And I'm going to tell you that all of this happened just as COVID was, you know, we were really in the throes of isolation. So it was no easy task to complete. We did about 50 of those one-on-ones, um, different Places in the church, sitting outside in the prayer garden, in the park for people. Um, And we found such great value in the information um, that we gathered that we will keep thinking about those for the future as well. And then, with all that information, with everything that we had gathered, we took part in what's called a SWOT analysis. Now, some of you who are in business or education or any kind of strategic planning may have done a SWOT analysis before. That means strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Or you might hear it referenced as challenges. And so you take all of the information that you have, you divide it up into those four areas, and then you move forward and see what kind of work do we need to do. And the five core values that we came out from and that this was through the work of council and the Liberating Structures team and staff. The five core values are listed there, but then we turned them into statements. And if you'll indulge me, I'm going to read those statements for you because I realize that way back in the back, you might not be able to see them there. But Faith Lutheran Church practices our faith in action as we make a difference in the life of our congregation, the community, and the world. Faith Lutheran Church is grounded in caring as we work to provide a sense of well-being, hope, and growth for all members and communities. Faith Lutheran Church provides service through acts of selflessness, outreach, and advocacy. Faith Lutheran Church has a heart of generosity, which includes gifts of time, talent, and financial resources. And then Faith Lutheran Church is a space that thrives on and promotes relationships built on worship, prayer, education, and outreach. And this rather busy slide, which I only put in so that you could see um, what our structure of leadership and work is like here at Faith, oftentimes, you know, you'll see um, for many organizations, it's very linear, top down. Here's what you do. It comes down to this. It floats down like this even before we involved with liberating structures we started with the center of our structure is the pastor and the council thinking big picture and then surrounding them to aid in all of that work is the staff and then surrounding in that larger circle are the ministry areas of faith and we have five categories that we divide those ministry areas into. Again, these ministry areas were all identified through um, diligent, diligent work of Deacon Nina prior to pandemic, trying to get every committee and every group that met to identify what their purpose was and what they did. And as you look at those areas around there then, there's this constant feedback between everyone so that there's, nothing is ever done in a vacuum. Everything should be done with thinking big picture, moving out, what's the work happening? And the work that happens out here happens because of all of you. It doesn't happen just because of council. It doesn't happen just because of staff. It happens because you are, the, you are the boots on the ground here at Faith. And that's what that work brings to us. So what's next? Well, we're going to, um, I'm going to find my place first. Thank you. Uh, what's next is that we want to see where we were, where we are, where we're going. Um, we've been working to get back to that idea of council connecting out with those ministry areas that are out there. You know, it's taken. We aren't all still back at full force, and we probably never will be back exactly the way we were with pandemic, and that's okay. That's part of those new structures. We have thought about things differently. We communicate differently. We carry out our work a little differently. But we're thinking about that. Council is going to begin working on some uh, new strategic planning. Do we need to think differently about our mission and our vision and what's going on? And we did actually begin that work on the new strategic plan on um, April 11th. And then I need to tell you, you know, we we, we did that um, congregational vitality assessment. We went up in every area. Is that almost unbelievable through pandemic? We had, we didn't have, we don't know who takes that um, because it's all done anonymously, but there was about the same number of people who took it. We went up in every area and we moved two of our areas that were at high and we moved two more areas up into high and everything else is coming up too. So something is happening correctly and our structure is working We've been affirmed in that, but we need to not rest. We need to not rest on that to see what's going on. We also need to um, do some thoughts about updating our Constitution and um, voting, because what we know, especially from pandemic coming out, we can't all be in the same place at the same time, but we want to hear people's voices and what they're talking about. So how can we do that voting a little differently? And we've already instituted some new structures for um, our annual meetings. So, our biggest takeaways, I've kind of identified them for you there. Um, We just need to see how we're going to move forward, what we're going to do. And then I'm back to that mission and vision again. So there were a couple of the congregations that didn't have a mission and vision, and they struggled mightily with that. They didn't spend as much time talking about some of the other things that they could do moving forward because they needed to put that foundation down first. We know that ours is close. We know that we might need to tweak it, but we'll be open for that. That's one of the areas in the vitality assessment. Um, We can be ready for change here at Faith. That's one of the things that came out to us. So stay tuned And stay involved, because we need all of you. Remember, we're all part of that big circle out there around. So, as we talked about, it's important to think about devotion and prayer. Would you please join me in this prayer as we close out? Awesome God, help us to move forward with structures that are meaningful to the work of this congregation. Help us to be open to growth and opportunities that keep us in relationship with you and with each other. Help us to be your hands and feet in our world. Amen.
0: Hope these words will strengthen you as you live out your daily life. If you would like
1: to know more about Faith Ruthement, leave a prayer request, or financially support our mission and ministry, please go to our website at faithfl.org. May God bless you in the days ahead.